Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's great to be back on board once again to talk about the Minnesota Vikings, but of course the circumstances, not uh, great at all. I'm just glad to be back on the air, I guess. <laughs> I'm not feeling my best, but at the same time, it's not a cold or anything, just kind of headache, that kind of thing. Um, I'm also trying to keep it down because my wife is attempting to sleep anyway, uh, because of the odd timing of the game and odd timing of when to record, that type of thing. So do apologize again. It's one of those. This will probably be the last one of these type of shows for the season. So that's a good thing. (laughs) Um, boy, uh, you could expect some ranting. You could expect anything. This is one of those shows where, again, it's going to flow the way it does. Um, yeah, uh, the Vikings lose, uh, for the record, 20-10, to kind of similar to the Philadelphia game. In some ways, worse than others, better in some, I, I don't know. Uh, the offensive line protection is gone. Um, you're seeing Sam Bradford act more like Christian Ponder than the Sam Bradford you saw in the first five games, and it's not meaning he sucks, it's because he's skittish. When you have no offensive line protection, your quarterback's running around before he even attempts to make a pass. He's running around scared to death, and that's what's happening to Sam Bradford. That's what happened to uh, Christian Ponder. The offensive line for this team has never been good, and it sucks, um, at least not for a long time. <laughs> the, the late 90s, it was great. Um, early 2000s, it was pretty good when you had Matt Burke and McKinney's rookie year, and pretty much ever since then, McKinney was not that great. Um, Matt Khalil's rookie year was really good, and ever since then, not that great. Um those were the times you took the offensive linemen in the first round, and at least they were decent left tackles in those cases. But uh, other than that, has been you know, just like the cornerback position, when you try to get lucky in the later rounds, it rarely works out. And I mean really rarely. Um, you got lucky with John Sullivan. You got lucky with Matt Burke. That's kind of been the history of the franchise with the offensive linemen. Never really going for it. Um, it's like you wish that this team took maybe a Cody Whitehair. It's like at the time, at the time you think, okay, you already have Alex Boone, and he's, he's just a guard anyway when you talk about Cody Whitehair, that type of thing. But right now, would Cody Whitehair look good in purple or Laquan Treadwell? Which one would be helping this team more at this point in time? Where was Laquan Treadwell yesterday? The Chicago native still couldn't even get on the field. This is a joke. An absolute joke what's going on with the offensive line of this team. They're not the only problem, but they're a big problem. And why do you think I was so pro Matt Khalil in 2011 when that's when that when the Vikings were picking super high in the draft? Um, well, <laughs> that's why. I mean, we're sitting here and that's why. Absolutely why. And we're just the frustration continues. Um just kind of leaves you hanging. It, it really does. Um, during the 2011 season into the 2012 draft, that is, Matt Khalil was taken fourth overall. Uh, luckily, he slipped to fourth when the Vikings had the third pick. You know, the whole Cleveland trade with uh, Trent Richardson. Cleveland can't do anything right, and that's pretty evident, other than Joe, <laughs> than than their, uh, Joe Thomas over there at left tackle. Uh, don't think the Vikings will be making a trade for Joe Thomas because we already made an expensive trade to get Sam Bradford who's a decent quarterback, pretty good quarterback, nice throwing arm. He even looked like he even looked like he can run a little better than we thought yesterday, but wasn't that mobile or anything. Yet at the same time, he had to be a little bit mobile just to avoid getting killed, you know, that type of situation. Never actually ran forward, though, just kind of ran away from the Chicago defenders. Um, you saw the Chicago defense is not a very good D against everybody else, 
before this one. They were, of course, say uh, one and six on the season. Vikings coming in five and one. You know, feeling okay. Yeah, it sucks to lose to Philadelphia. It was a bad loss. Horrible game, bad offensive line, but we'll recover in Chicago. But then again, you got the painful reminder that it's a division rival. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, what have the Miami Dolphins done to the New England Patriots? Buffalo Bills, what are they n- notorious for? Of course, we'll talk about that a little bit in segment number two. Very briefly, you know, the whole NFL, NFC North roundup, and of course, uh, the preview and the NFL just kind of checking in for fun type of thing. Yeah, (laughs) New England not really worrying too much about their division rivals this year. But again, division rivals are always crazy. You're going to see a Detroit knock off a Green Bay when Green Bay is like one of the best teams in the league or Chicago or whatever the heck it is. Or, you know, Minnesota might knock them off, that type of thing. Seems like we always had the hardest time with them. But Chicago, Soldier Field, the Vikings seem to never play well there. That's the one thing you come out of this feeling like you don't feel good about it at all. But at the same time, the 2009 Vikings got pretty much their ass handed to them by a pretty awful Chicago Bears team in 2009. So there you go. Uh, In Soldier Field, that is. In in the Metrodome, which it still was at the time, the Vikings rolled it over them. So hopefully the Vikings later this season will roll right over the Chicago Bears in U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, They better. I was uh, I was worried when I realized Jay Cutler was going to be the starting quarterback. It's just, you know, his history against the Vikings has been decent. He's got a winning record against the Vikings, despite the fact the Bears have been good and bad during Cutler's uh, run there. I mean, heck, they had, they made the NFC title game in 2010, so they, they haven't been awful. <laughs> they, they made the playoffs a few times. Um, they have a nice young running back that they took. They got creative, so to speak, <laughs> in the middle rounds and got Jordan Howard. Look at him. That you know, sometimes you don't have to spend a high pick to get a running back, but maybe you should be focusing more in the first and second rounds to get offensive linemen. Um, the Vikings screwed around with that in the past with the defensive backs, and basically all of them sucked. You finally aim high to get defensive backs and look at this team: Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes continues to develop. He's the worst of the bunch, but <laughs> the worst of those three anyway. But um, still, still a very good potentially starting cornerback in this league. And, of course, um, my good friend Alexander there. Hoping for the best with him, number 20. Um, still hasn't seen a whole lot of snaps of late, but I think he will be a starting cornerback in this league someday. Hopefully. He may beat up Trey Waynes. He may or may not. Uh, that's yet to be seen. <laughs> Trey Terrence Newman's still the starter there. But, yeah, I mean, the Vikings aiming higher with the defensive backs. And look at us now. Look at us now. Let's start aiming higher at the offensive line. Um, it's a crying shame that this team hasn't done that the last few years, hasn't done that the last five years or so. Because now here we are with one of the best defenses in the NFL, maybe a historically good defense, a decent quarterback in Bridgewater or Bradford. You have an extremely good receiver in Stefan Diggs. You have a, a guy in Adam Thielen who, you know, lunch pail and everything. But he's showing legitimate skill as a wide receiver in this league. Yet, you're just wasting it now when you have an offensive line that can't protect the quarterback. And, of course, now both of them will have had had ACL issues, Bradford or Bridgewater, depending on who will be the quarterback long-term for this team. Because I don't think it's set in stone that Sam Bradford is the quarterback of this team long-term, partially because of the offensive line. You might need to be able to move around a little bit. I missed Teddy Bridgewater yesterday for that very reason. You might need to be able to move around. That wouldn't have given us the game, that's for damn sure. Uh, But... I don't know, it would have helped a little bit, maybe. Maybe he could run for a first down once in a while. 
it'd be nice if we're not constantly having to punt, which Jeff Log did. Yeah, you can kind of guess who might be the Fran Tarkenton award winner in this one. Though Blair Walsh made a 30-yarder in the game, the only one he had to attempt. At, at least he made it, so that's good. Um, geez. Uh, special teams were a little bit better. You got a long out of Cordero Patterson. Woohoo! Uh, as for punt returns, you got a long of seven from Stefan Diggs. Yeah, uh, just nothing to get excited about. Nothing. Uh, Cheryl's, of course, was out. McKinnon was out. That's not helpful. Cordero Patterson returned despite concussion issues. He's back ready to rock and roll. He caught three passes in the game, and he returned a kick for 21 yards along others along the way. Special teams at least didn't give up a touchdown this time around, but oh, <laughs> the, this game did not go well at all. Um, the Vikings only record one sack, very little pressure on Jay Cutler. You could tell he was in gunslinger mode from the get-go yesterday, but what made me encouraged was the passes weren't accurate. Unfortunately, same thing with Sam Bradford early on. It was kind of a gunslinger start to the game. Deep passes, quick releases, beautiful arm, of course, by Cutler, good arm by uh, Sam Bradford. Should have had a 60-yard touchdown pass, or at least completion to freaking Stefan Diggs, but it was slightly overthrown. Great. So that sucks. I mean, Stefan Diggs couldn't have possibly been more open, but it was overthrown. Same situations were happening with Cutler, so you saw some punts back and forth from the two teams. And then things started to get worse for the Vikings. Uh, the Bears started to convert on third downs. You saw shuffle passes when it, the Bears had third and long. Uh, looked like the Vikings were going to sack Cutler. Next thing you know, Cutler gets a couple steps forward, shuffle passes to Mr. <laughs> Jordan there. Ah, oh, boy. Mm. And, and away he went. Uh, Jordan Howard, he had a 25-yard run there. Uh, a handoff earlier for a 69-yarder. That set up one of the one of the <laughs> touchdowns for uh, our field goals, actually, for the Bears. The Vikings were lucky that it ended up only being a field goal. Um, terrible angle taken by... By Jaron Curse. I mean, just the worst angle you ever saw. In fact, he wasn't even running towards Jordan Howard at all. I, I, I don't know what the hell he's thinking. I mean, it's the worst defensive position you ever saw. And now you're starting to see situations where players are not in the position you'd think they normally are. Earlier in the season, it looked, boy, this is the best defense ever. Uh, Zimmer's got them all in the right place, right time, rock and roll. Now you're not seeing it anymore. Certainly doesn't help that uh, Sandejo wasn't available due to that ankle injury last week. But there it is, and Curse, who we thought was a decent 7th round pick, I don't know, he got benched after that play, and uh, Jordan Howard had 153 yards in the game. Ouch, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's about all you can say about it, just a big word, ouch. Getting our ass handed to us by Jordan Howard, and I, I knew, again, like I just said earlier, he's a pretty good player. Um, I'm not too surprised that he, that he, that he did well. Just a little bit disappointed, you could say. But as I'm titling this episode, it's, well, the way it is. I mean, it's the way it is. It's Some things never change, right? The Vikings always seem to lose in Chicago, and every time you get your hopes up, you have games like Philadelphia and games like this one. Uh, the 2009 Vikings looked so good, and then you had losses in Chicago, horrible fumbles by Adrian Peterson in that game that you knew that you just knew were a harbinger for things to come, cost the Vikings home field advantage, and, well, guess what? Guess, guess who wasn't in the Super Bowl when they probably should have been? It didn't help that the Vikings were on the road in that crappy, dirty, hated, cheating uh, New Orleans. It, but it, 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 some things never change the way it is. You know, the song. The song from the 80s there. Yeah, some things never change. You know, maybe they just look a little different, that's all. Just, just, just a little bit. Um, 
Diggs does appear to be back, though. Diggs would have had a huge game. He would have had 130-some yards had that catch been completed because he did have 76 at least. That's good. But lots of missed targets along the way, and that was kind of disappointing and heartbreaking for us. Uh, you saw Ronnie Hillman finally play because, again, no uh, Jarek McKinnon. But then you see Mr. No Special Skills himself just pound the ball forward. I'll, I'll give you three if you need one, and I'll give you three if you need um, six or eight. And that's, of course, Matt Asiata. But, but wait, when you have an offensive line that not only can't pass block, but they can't run block either, well, guess what? It's just this. Every Mickey freaking time you have a third down conversion, short third down conversion, and you hand off to Matt Asiata, what happens? Well, the sound effect you just heard. I mean, you know, here we go again, and that's what happened constantly in Philadelphia. Um, boy. And the, the coaching decisions in this game, you know, this is the first time you, that a lot of us could come behind the microphone or call into shows or write on Facebook pages or whatever the heck it is, message boards, which are Facebook pages most of the time now, and say, what the hell was Zimmer doing? And it kind of happened a couple of times. You had a bad uh, challenge that clearly was not a fumble, and he challenged it, and he blew a timeout for us. You had, um, you had play calling in the second half that didn't make any blank and gall dang sense. I mean, absolutely no sense. Why are you running the ball with Matt Asiata and burning the clock when you're the team trailing by 17 points? What the flying bleep are you doing? I mean, seriously, what kind of skulldom crap is this? And I don't normally go off on these little, you know... <laughs> Just imagine if I was talking in full uh, volume right now what it would sound like. I mean, what the hell? Seriously. And I don't normally resort to just, like, funny words and this and that, but this is horse crap. Seriously. Um, this was a poorly managed game, poorly coached, and poorly executed by the players. Doesn't help you had a running back that's a stone wall that doesn't move. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Sure, he's powerful, but he's got no special skills. He's just powerful. That's all Matt Asiata is. End of story. You want to disagree with me? Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Make my day. Ronnie Hillman has more special skills. He actually averaged more yards per carry, but only saw four rushes in the game. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to get out of Ronnie Hillman anyway with his frickin' run blocking. Uh, I don't know what you're going to get out of Adrian Peterson with his run blocking. Um, the defense was not as good either. Jay Cutler kind of cut us up a bit. Uh, again, nothing spectacular. You held the Bears to 20 points. But wait, last week when Philadelphia scored their 21, well, guess what? One of those 21 points was a special teams touchdown, so the, actually that defense only gave up 14, which means the Vikings should have won that freaking game, period. Um, how many special teams touchdowns are you going to give up on the kickoff? You'd hope zero, right? Because it's not supposed to happen. But it did. Oh, that's right. Um, and now <laughs> you only give up 20 points against a, a Jay Cutler that was gunslinging. He had nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. He was playing like it. Quarterback rating of 100.5. Sharp as sharp as a razor. Well, not really. Some incomplete passes early, but hot as hell later on. And uh, there it was. I mean, whatever. They just kicked our ass the rest of the way. Never really got a feeling the Vikings were going to win this football game, except maybe very early. Especially when you saw Diggs open, you thought maybe the Vikings might take a lead there. A nice booming touchdown, and away we go. The difference in this game, though, ultimately here, was not because uh, the offensive line has never been that good, you know. Really, it it hasn't been that good, so it, it just keeps getting worse though progressively. Uh, and then other coaching decisions that make you scratch your head. 
Some people might think it's not that this is not a big deal. Others might think it's a huge deal. Okay, sure, we're giving the starting left tackle position at the time to Jake Long. Great. And he was okay, but just okay. And then you move T.J. Clemmings, who's to a right tackle, who at this point, according to Pro Football Focus, is one of the worst like players in the in NFL history the last three years, according to how he's been playing. And then you have a guy in Jeremiah Searles, who's certainly not perfect either. He's like a C-minus player, maybe a C-plus, maybe a B, B-minus when, when he's at his best. And sometimes that's pretty damn good compared to what we've had out there. And he's not playing because even though Searles was actually a right tackle, why are you putting T.J. Clemmings in there instead of Searles? Do you think maybe even just he'd be a slight improvement? And a slight improvement might be a good thing on a team that's desperate for anything for, for, uh, for from an offensive line? So again, another coaching decision that don't make no sense, Joe. It doesn't make any sense. And that's an inside joke at work, but don't make no sense, Joe. <laughs> I had to say it. I had to debut that on here. But um, I... You know, I mean... Nobody gets dumb overnight, and Mike Zimmer's a very, 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 very good coach. But for the first time, we're sitting here going, what the hell What the hell was that? And of course, it's not all his fault. He was probably throwing a bit off kilter because of how awful the offensive line is and how the defense was not making the stops you normally see. You were seeing third down conversions by Chicago that you don't normally see. Maybe by Aaron Bleep and Rodgers, who every single time you might finally have the receivers covered. Guess what? That little prick is going to run for an 11-yard gain for a first down anyway because he's just the most stubborn and he's good and mobile and all that. But uh, same thing's happening with Chicago with Jordan Howard. I mean, that guy can freaking play. I, I like him. I wish he was here. I mean, Jordan Howard. I'll, I, I take him so fast right now. You know what? Jarek McKinnon for Jordan Howard straight up. Chicago, what do you say? Maybe we'll throw in a third rounder. <laughs> as much as I like Jarek McKinnon, I'll take Jordan Howard, man. <laughs> yeah, then again, you might not have uh, Jaron Kurz running the wrong way, though, or anything. Maybe that might have taken a shaved a couple of those yards off and would have brought that average down. Just a couple, just a couple of yards there. But uh, Jiminy Christmas, what a lousy Mickey freaking game. And and you can fill in the blanks with what I'm saying. You know what I'm really saying. Awful. Um, one thing after another. I mean, there's not too much more to say. The Vikings, again, only one sack. Thank you, Everson Griffin. That's very good. Uh, how many sacks did the Bears get? About 20. No, they got seven. Seven freaking sacks. That's pretty bad. No, it's five. Part of it. I'm losing my mind. And it felt like seven. Akeem Hicks, just dominant. Just made us look stupid. Leonard Floyd, a guy that Sebastian would have liked on this team. And I would have too. Awesome player. Uh, the Bears made the right pick there. Big time. Um, Pernell McPhee made uh, Mr. Uh, Clemmings look like garbage. And Cornelius Washington also adding a sack in the game. Horrible, horrible performance overall. Bradford, of course, not as good as he's been, but again, what, what do you expect? He's turning into a ponder like with a with a happy feet. He's scared to death out there, and who can blame him? Um, should I pass out the awards? I might as well. I mean, I think I said what I need to say about this one. You need to win this game, and you didn't. Uh, but then again, the division rival thing, blah blah blah. Okay, it's it's a it's a viable excuse, but still, at least look somewhat relevant out there. I mean, the Vikings didn't even look relevent out there. That, that's how bad this was. It was absolute poop. And I know I'm sounding like a little kid right now, but I can't help it. I can't help it. I mean, this is a rube-like frustration from yours truly. This is the point I was trying to get to. I almost forgot, but um, 
See, in the past, this season, when you saw the other team beating up on the Vikings, be it Carolina, be it Tennessee, be it, uh, well, not Houston, but even Green Bay, there was always that one play where you stuck a dagger in or you drew some blood and it changed everything. Daniel Hunter getting the safety. Um, uh, The interceptions by whoever, uh, Harrison Smith or uh, Trey Waynes. Stuff like that. Just big, big plays. Big plays. Daniel Hunter, multiple times, he had an interception that was a pick six, and he had the big safety, or he'd make a big sack that would really change the momentum of the game. But the last two weeks, not happening. No can do. And of course, against uh, Houston and New York Giants, you never saw it because you didn't need it. You were leading the whole time. Um, there was never that, that game-changing play. And it's sad to see that that's missing all of a sudden. That needs, to, that needs to come back, and it needs to come back now. Uh, the Vikings will host Detroit. We'll be talking about that in segment number two. But first, we'll pass out the awards for the game. Fran Tarkin and Award is a unanimous, unanimous decision, probably according to everybody. And that's going to go to our good friend Jeff Locke, a guy who a lot of people much maligned. He's become a better punter, and uh, he's kind of necessary right now. Kind of needed, isn't he? <laughs> we kind of needed him, didn't we? And I don't, I don't want to sound like an ass and be sarcastic, but for God's sakes, man, I mean, yeah, we needed him. <laughs> and good, good on him. Um, I used to say that about Chris Cluey when the Vikings offense was awful back in the day, um, back in 07. It was kind of weak, except for Adrian Peterson. In fact, it was very weak. Uh, any team with Tavares Jackson leading the way in a weak offensive line, yeah, whatever. Um <laughs> All you had with Adrian on that offense. I mean, that's about it. Uh, so, where else do we go with this? The uh, John, uh, Johnny Flynn. What am I talking about? The uh, Christian Ponder Memorial. TJ Clemmings. Uh, he sucks. He absolutely stinks. He's horrible. Um, but so is everybody. So, so is just about everybody else in that line. But we'll give it to DJ Clemmings. Everybody's sick of it. And it, it is what it is. He needs to be on the bench. Like my mom once said about Christian Ponder. She's like, Joey, they need to put Christian Ponder on the bench. Well, Joey, they need to put TJ Clemmings on the bench. And uh, Jeremiah Sterles should be starting at this point. Clemmings someday hopefully can get it back. Uh, he had some semi-decent moments earlier in the season, but those are long gone at the moment. And I mean long gone the last two weeks. Awful. So there it is. Review done. Not bad. Yes, I feel a lot better all of a sudden. <laughs> Got it off my chest. I guess I had all that in there. We'll come back for a hopefully semi-more fun segment and uh, hopefully some encouragement coming in to the next week where hopefully hopefully the Vikings get to 6-2 and two and get things semi-back on track again. That would be great. Now, another installment of George Stories. This must have been at the end of our boating era, circa 2001-2002 or so. So we're wrapping up the day. I have the boat at the end of the shore. My dad's going to get the truck with the trailer to kind of, you know, back in and have me get the boat ready. But I'm noticing how the boat just keeps kind of sliding away, keeps kind of turning awkwardly in a different direction. So I start to kind of pull it with the rope. Which obviously wasn't very helpful. And my dad said, not like that! You know, this is about straightening the boat. So he grabs the <laughs> the bow or whatever the heck you call those, the, the, the handles, so to speak, the barriers on the edge of the boat. And he said, do it like this! 
<laughs> you pull one side to the other, so to speak, and it was quite easy. So my bad there, that's for sure. Mafia segment number two, the, you know, the fun one, the fun little segment where we, well, we do the NFC North roundup and we also kind of dance around the NFL a little bit and preview the upcoming week against the Detroit Lions. Isn't that exciting? Aren't you glad? And I'm really happy that we're going back to noon football again. I mean, thank God. It makes it a little bit easier for me. And the only other odd days are, of course, Thanksgiving Day, which might annoy some people, but overall it's kind of fun. And then a Thursday night game against the Dallas Cowboys the next week. So it's like Thursday, Thursday, and then after that, it's just noon, 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 noon. So rock and roll. Get a little bit easier schedule. It'll be a lot easier for me to keep up with this because long cleanups will be done. They have begun at this stage, but I'm able to record because, well, working around it, you know what I mean? trying not to kill myself, but working around it very nicely. It's going okay for the time being. Uh, Jacksonville and Tennessee on Thursday night. A lot of people didn't like it very much. Um, And uh, I don't know why they keep showing the dates all screwed up, but that's what it is. Tennessee romped all over Jacksonville, a team that looked good starting out the season. Now they're looking like Jacksonville again, and Blake Bortles is looking like uh, Blaine Gabbert. I I don't know. The, The former Jaguar pick that wasn't very good. Whatever. Uh, Washington and Cincinnati skated to a tie. Okay, I'm just kidding, but you get the idea. They might as well have. Cincinnati bugs me, but Washington didn't get the job done either. 27-27 in London. London, UK, England, London, England, rock and roll. Uh, Big Ben was uh, in attendance. No, not not really. Uh, the other, the like the clock, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but 27-27, the second tie of the season. It seems like whenever there's a tie, which is pretty rare, maybe like once every five years or so, there's always another one the same year, maybe even like the same week or almost the same week. So you had Seattle and Arizona skate to a tie the week before, and there it is. Uh, pretty funny. <clears throat> six to six. That was pretty funny. That's like a, I don't even know, like a baseball game or something. Um, it's not hockey. That's too high scoring for hockey, even though once in a while it is. Um, yeah, whatever. Um Kansas City romping all over the the Colts, the crap, the 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 sheep or, or whatever you want to call them. They're not any good. Kansas City looking all right, but Alex Smith hurt in that game, and uh, well, hmm, we'll see what happens there. New Orleans beat the Seattle Seahawks. That's uh, that's great, but two two of my most hated teams, other than the Green Bay Packers, going at it. But New Orleans doesn't scare me too much, and Seattle losing is very helpful. Very helpful uh, for the Vikings if they intend to make any type of playoff run this year. You want home field advantage. You really do. Or home ice advantage, right? No, I don't know. I don't know why I keep doing that. Or home court, as Jefferson would say, my friend at work. Uh, New England romping all over their division rival on the road. Something the Vikings should have done this week. Should have done. New England Patriots. You know, Vikings take a page out of the New York, uh, out of the New, the New England Patriots, who that's the one unfortunate thing. If you do win the NFC, you just might have a date with the New England Patriots in that game. And I don't like our chances. Uh, Vikings have never beaten the Patriots with Tom Brady as the quarterback. Unless Brady's not playing in that game for whatever reason. (laughs) I don't like the Vikings' chances right now. I really don't. Um, 
that guy made a pretty spectacular run and slide in that game. And my God, he's just so freaking amazing. I'm 39 years old, and he, he just looks like he just looks like he's 29. Just still a superstar, man. Um, just awesome. Carolina beat Arizona. Yuck. I like Arizona, but they didn't look good. They really didn't in Carolina. I just don't like them. And Cam Newton, all he does is complain every day, every second. Just go away, Cam Newton. Just just disappear, please. That would be great. The New York Jets beat the Cleveland Browns. Yay. Two bad teams, and the Jets win. Woohoo. Uh, Oakland over Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers and the Pirates. The pub. The autumn wind is a pirate. The autumn wind is a radar. <laughs> yep, the Bucks and the yep, the, a rematch of two thousand two. I mean, they're two pirate type teams, and the 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 dark pirates beat the uh, the red pirates. And uh, I like the dark pirates a hell of a lot more. They won in overtime. Nice little thriller. Uh, yeah, Jameis Winston against David Carr, Derek Carr, Derek Carr, not David Carr of the Houston Texans, formerly who didn't do anything. Derek Carr is gonna have a much better career. Overtime victory for the Oaktown Raiders. San Diego, one of the most spectacular interceptions you ever saw took place in this game. Just a spectacular play. But the Chargers lose because Mr. Uh, Rivers threw three interceptions in the game. Broncos win again. They continue to hold that division lead. Who knows? They might go back in the playoffs. <laughs> Dallas beat up Philadelphia fairly good. Well, no, I had to go to overtime. Philadelphia playing way better. This is definitely their best road game of this season. But they still lose. So, well... That's another team that would try to take home field away from the Vikings. So good for them for losing. The Vikings don't really lose any ground here at all because Seattle lost and Green Bay lost. We'll get to that in a second. So that's good. Um, Not a whole lot to worry about at this stage. That's a good thing. (laughs) Except for Dallas. That's the one team that is not good. Um, One of the two, Philadelphia and Dallas, had to win the game. And unfortunately for us, the... uh, Dallas Cowboys were the ones that won, and they they have the best record in the NFC right now. Uh, I hate the Cowboys, and I, I know, and I'm sure everyone else does too. Um, so let's get to the NFC North. Green Bay, Atlanta, nice little thriller there in the three o'clock hours of the Sunday afternoon. Back and forth, back and forth. This is a nice little matchup, nice little rivalry between these two clubs. Atlanta winning 33-32 in a back and forth battle. Atlanta. I mean, it looked like Green Bay was going to win. It looked like Atlanta was going to win. Just It just kept going on and on and on. But Atlanta outlasts the Packers 33-32. I'll jump into that score real quick. What the hell? Because uh, obviously we played Chicago, so there's no need to go back into that. And we'll check in Detroit, who's the up-and-coming opponent. So it's another one of those easy deals, I guess. Atlanta's up to 5-3, and three, but they have still have three losses, so they're still below the Vikings. Lucky there. Matt Ryan looked damn good, and Aaron Rodgers is way better again. But, of course, the two defenses suck. So <laughs> I think Atlanta's is a little bit worse. Uh, Green Bay at least has some big playability, but they didn't get the job done. Um, only five sacks total in the game, three on Aaron and two on Matty Ice, Matt Matt Ryan. Both quarterback ratings are almost 130, just crazy. Three touchdown passes for Matt Ryan, four for Aaron Rodgers, but luckily, again, the Falcons win the game. Much as I hate both of the teams, it was all about the passing game. Even Aaron Rodgers ran for 60 yards, including, again, the same old crap of the third down, third and long situations. Ended up being something pretty big. Um, Rodgers loves to throw that to that Devontae Adams, especially with uh, Cobb being out. And Jordy Nelson seems like that target is kind of in and out. They miss each other a bit at times. 
Julio Jones kept in uh, check in this one. Only 29 yards. That's hard to believe, considering what that guy's capable of. I mean, you've seen 200. You've seen 300-yard games from Julio Jones. No end zone either. Who, who'd have, I mean, who'd have thunk a 33-point game and Julio Jones not really much of a factor in it. So, whatever. Um, 70% from Aaron Rodgers. A little scary, but 80 from Matt Ryan. 74% from Aaron Rodgers. So, getting that accuracy back. But again, a defense not quite Viking, not quite as good as the Vikings defense, is it? Ha ha. <laughs> so, the Vikings opponent next Sunday on at noontime, or this coming up Sunday, the Detroit Lions. After making an impressive little run to get to four and three, they're back to five hundred. The Houston Texans. Remember, I was saying how what a, it was a fairly impressive win for the Vikings last time around. Their last win, which made them five and zero, oh, because Houston's. A, I think they're a playoff team, and they're five and three, and they look like a playoff team. They're actually perfect at home, if you can believe that. So again, it was like here are the Vikings. They're the big boys, and Houston's a little team that's going to lose in the first round. I'm beginning to think that could be the Vikings until they get, unless they get things back in gear, and they better get back in gear in a hurry. With that offensive line, I don't see the Vikings getting past the, the divisional round in the NFC in the NFC anymore, unless that offensive line starts playing better or some unknown, you know, diamond in the rough emerges. You know, it, it's got to happen. It has to happen for this team to get past that divisional round. I mean, that's I think right now that's the best the Vikings are going to do this year unless something changes. Luckily, the NFC is not quite as threatening. That's why I think the Vikings can at least get to the second round. But around here, that ain't enough anymore, man. That ain't enough. I mean, we've been through NFC championship games and people older than us have been through Super Bowls. We're tired of waiting. It's time to win. It is time to win. Um... Before I jump into the Detroit game, I might as well mention this right here, right now. Regarding the Chicago Cubs and the Cleveland Indians, we'll see you tomorrow night. It happened about maybe, mm, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes ago. The Chicago Cubs officially forced Game 7, even though you could argue they pretty much won the game in the third inning with a Grand Slam home run from uh, Russell there. (laughs) Jeez, that guy really cracked that one, but... Is that Bryant, though? Bryant got it going back to back times. He's the one that I think has turned the pace of the whole series here. Cleveland hadn't, or excuse me, Chicago hadn't done anything. And all of a sudden, Bryant hits that solo home run, and that changed, that got things going in that fifth game, a dramatic game five in, in uh, Chicago. Saved the day for a team that looked like they were going to go punch us in the night and lose the series in five games, just like the uh, New York uh, Mets last season, a quick series. But now, we might have one like the Giants and Royals the year before. Very dramatic. Um, the only way to end a curse, man, is the highest way up. The steepest mountain, the highest mountain, and the steepest path. And the Cubs might just, just might be uh, on their way to doing it. Unbelievable. I mean, they get past Madison Bumgarner, which nobody's been able to do. Nobody since Madison Bumgarner's been, you know, pitching well for the New San Francisco Giants. They've been world champions. The Cubs beat Madison Bumgarner. They actually scored three runs on the guy in in like five innings. That's insane. I mean, no nobody does that to Madison Bumgarner. That's about how many earned runs he had the entire playoffs in 2014. And um, the Cubs survived that. They uh, survive a little scare by the Dodgers against a pretty damn good pitcher in Kershaw. And now, now the now the final step is to beat Cleveland in Game Seven on the road against Kluber. Boy, that's how you end a curse. The steepest muckle, the steepest climb. And maybe the Vikings are still on course to climbing the, the steepest possible path, the most difficult path. Maybe this is the year, and it doesn't appear that way right now, but maybe it is. 
Who knows? But uh, further proof that the the only way to end a curse is the most difficult possible path, uh, path, the impossible. And the Chicago Cubs might be able to perform the at least very near impossible here, defeating. I mean, think think about what they'll have accomplished if they do win this World Series again. I mean, like in review, you get past Minus and Bumgarner, who at the time had the best ERA in playoff history. <laughs> Crazy, um, and and a team that wins the World Series in even years, and whenever they make the World Series, they win. And they didn't because the Cubs were the ones that knock them out. You overcome a Dodger team that looked like they were primed to win that series because the Cubs weren't hitting the ball. And then, again, Cleveland was shutting the Cubs down, making them look like crud, take a 3-1 to one lead, and they have home field advantage in games 6 and 7. And if the Cubs pull this off, holy mother of Moses, impressive. <laughs> We'll find out. We'll talk about that in the next episode because obviously it's going to be over because we'll see it tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow night's going to happen way before the next Purple Mafia episode. Um, Detroit and Houston. Detroit and Houston. Detroit did not play nearly as well against the Houston Texans as the Vikings did, but lucky for unlucky for Detroit, they had to play in Houston. Uh, Detroit, a 20-13 to loss in Houston. Not the worst game you ever saw. No turnovers from Matthew Stafford, but not as sharp. Just kind of meh. 27-41, of 41, 240 yards from Matthew Stafford. These are all very familiar players uh, for the most part. Theoretic. Well, I mean, I, I'm a little bit worried about him. I'm, our run defense has not been that good lately. And... Anderson Deo is a, a bigger loss than we thought. I mean, he was doing a pretty good job for the Vikings the last two years, for the most part. Um, <laughs> he's better than, than some of the other guys we've had back there, like uh, Blanton. Blanton sucks, so yeah. Sandejo is better than him. Theoretic, though, 5.1 a carry, 56 yards and only 11 rushes, and only 16 for a long. That just shows pure consistency. So, I mean, Theoretic does scare me a little bit. Um, Detroit's defense is still fairly good from the Jim Jim Schwartz era. So I'm still a little bit worried about it. Um, It's not the same, of course. And you have all these valuable receivers on Detroit, which weren't as valuable in this one. Eric Ebron was the one that emerged more in this one. And Theoretic, Riddick, um, not only, again, a very skilled runner and very quick runner for the most part, but he's also an, an incredibly good receiver. Um, we've been talking about this the past couple of weeks. He had about a hundred. I mean, he had a hundred and forty or so total yards in this game, seventy-seven yards uh, with the whole catch and run type of deal, screen passes and stuff as a running back, and he scored a touchdown in the game. Theo Riddick and of course Matthew Stafford, big big threats coming into this game. Got me a little bit worried, but the Vikings' history at home against Detroit is just about perfect. Just about, except when the Vikings are absolutely horrible. That's when you lose to Detroit at home. Or in 2014, Detroit was awesome. They had a great defense and just an explosive offense. It's a crying shame that team could not get past the Dallas Cowboys that season. Detroit should have won that football game, and they did not. And then, of course, Dallas should have beat Green Bay the next week, and they did not. So there you get the whole thing. And Green Bay should have beat Seattle the next week, and they did not. <laughs> and some people would say Seattle should have beaten New England, but they did not. And you know what? Nah, they shouldn't have. New England got, got New England took, took care of business there. Um, better coach, better players. New England is the better team versus Seattle, but only by a fingernail at, at that point in time. I think right now they would crush Seattle in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think the Vikings could beat Seattle too, particularly if the Vikings have home field advantage. Um, won't have to worry about the wind in, in Blair Walsh's face this time. Ooh. 
<laughs> Marvin Jones, um, Vikings defense needs to be better, and you're going to see Marvin Jones uh, defended by Xavier Rhodes. I got to think, most likely, he's the biggest threat uh, from the uh, Detroit Lions. I think the Vikings will win the football game. I think they get things right, kind of. Um, you'll see a pass rush from Detroit, though. That, that's not going to make you too happy. But then again, they only mustered uh, three sacks against Brock Osweiler, a hell of a lot less than Osweiler faced against the Vikings. Vikings beat the crap out of that poor guy. Um, Detroit's pass rush, not what it used to be, but they're still decent. Um, obviously, it's a totally different coach, totally different everything, totally different approach, personality of the team. More of an offensive-minded team under um, Caldwell, from gym to gym. You went from defensive gym to offensive gym in Caldwell. Um, I was thinking Caldwell loses his job this year, but uh, I think he's doing okay. And Stafford, again, much more stable this year. Caldwell might be getting to him a little bit, and, and good for him in that sense. That's why Caldwell still has a job at this stage. Riddick and Stafford, though, I'm a bit, and Jones, I'm a bit more, I'm a bit worried about them. Vikings defense needs to step up to the plate and get the job done if they're going to win this game. I feel they will. I think they'll do a good enough job. And I think the Vikings, <laughs> in, the, in the safer confines of U.S. Bank Stadium, will feel more comfortable. I think they'll write the ship enough to win the football game. You're going to still see an offensive line that's not much better, but they'll be a little bit better. They'll feel, again, more comfortable where they're at, more comfortable in their hometown and all that. And um, that's the vibe I get. Uh, I mean, it's a division game. The Vikings know Detroit very well, and we've had a lot of success against this team for the most part, particularly at home. But... I don't know. I mean, I'm not that comfortable with this game. I think it's going to be close, and I think it's going to annoy us a little bit. I think the Vikings will win it. Um, they're going to score more points this time around. Again, they're going to feel, there's going to be more confidence. Uh, I hope. <laughs> I hope so. I'm going to go with 24-21. It's going to be closer than it should be. It's going to be one of those annoying games. I think Detroit's offense will annoy us. I think uh, Riddick is going to get in the end zone. I think he's going to get good numbers, total, total yards. Nothing spectacular on either side, but big numbers total on each side, you know, big enough numbers to make a big total number. You'll see Stefan Diggs get in the end zone. Um, he had a great couple games against Detroit last year, and I think he'll do it again. You'll finally see Diggs get back in the end zone. Now, yeah, now he did get in the end zone yesterday, but it was kind of garbage. It was kind of, kind of garbage time at that point. You're going to see bigger plays. You'll see Diggs get into triple digits and a touchdown in this game, and you'll see Bradford throw for over 250 to 300-ish. You'll see a better game from the Vikings, and hopefully, and pray to God, Jarek McKinnon is back in there because Matt Asiata ain't it, man. He ain't it. He's not a starter, and end of story, and anybody that would argue with me on that one is an idiot. Vikings will win 24-21 in an improved performance. I think Zimmer's going to get the, the team to be a bit better. And I think uh, just in general, the offensive line will feel some type of pride at stake here. And they'll show something. I think Jake Long will improve. From uh, I think he'll consistently get better if he doesn't get hurt. He's had a great career in the time he was healthy. So the hope is that Jake Long will regain some of that form. And I think he's heading in that direction slowly but surely. And that's the only hope we got <laughs> for, the, for this season is somebody like a Jake Long can at least approach like maybe a B-minus level of uh, offensive lineman. And hope and pray to God. I mean, uh, J Jeremiah Sturdles will be the right tackle and not TJ Clemmings next week. I got a sneaky feeling that's exactly where this uh, coaching staff is going to go into next week. So there it is. Um, 
Vikings win 24-21 in an improved performance, but nothing spectacular. You won't be coming out of it thinking, boy, the Vikings dominated the Lions like we did with the Giants and the uh, Houston Texans. It won't be like that. It'll be closer. It'll be frustrating, but it will be a Viking victory. So it'll be kind of similar to the Green Bay game in that sense. You will see Stafford throw interceptions, and that will be the key in the game. He will throw one interception in the game to either a Harrison Smith or a Xavier Ross. It'll be something like that. Maybe even Anthony Barr, who hasn't been that great this season. He's not as good as Kendrick so far this year for some strange reason. Not as visible. Um, but, well, it's going to be one of the linebackers, or of course Xavier or Harrison, will uh, have an interception, and that will be key. It'll change the momentum of the game at an important time for Matthew Stafford, and that'll be the difference. Vikings win 24-21, to 10, uh, to 21, and I've said it 21 times already. We'll be back for Fan Interaction right after this. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Final segment, segment number three, Fan Interaction segment. So first of all, there's a phone line. It is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into Purple Mafia, and you'll hear vo- your voice with mine. Multiple ways to get on board the show that way. Of course, that was the phone line there. Everything will be in the show description, the Twitter account, Facebook page, and, of course, that phone number. Um, on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, there's the Call Now button, which goes to the same line through Facebook Messenger. That way you can call in if you're foreign or you just want to just get in right away without having to dial it, that type of thing, on your cell phone or smart device. You can use your smart device, too. Boom. And there you go. Because pretty much every smart device has a microphone of some sorts. So there you go. Um, pretty cool. And then, of course, if you want to go the other, the final route, uh, you can uh, email an audio submission at paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, which, again, is in the show description. You'll see it right there, how to spell it and everything. Um... <sighs> You just simply use an, uh, a free app that's on every audio device or on every uh, smart device. It's already on there, probably. You just record it on your phone, treat it like a phone call, email it to that email address, Uh So there you go. Uh, for the Twitter account, it is at Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show. We'll debut with that right here, right now. Thank you for retweeting Tanae and Malcolm McSween. Tanae out of New Zealand, Malcolm McSween out of Northern Cal. Thank you guys so much. For retweeting the last show. Um, Dave, Viking David says, not only that, but going for it all those times early in the game instead of kicking the field goal when he should have. Um, let's see, where was this? I was saying all the Vikings left points on the board. Yep, and he was saying <laughs> Arians is an age. Oh, yeah, they were talking about the uh, yep uh, Arizona game. That was that night. Yep. Very frustrating indeed, but uh, at least Seattle didn't win. Mad Martin on the 24th of October. Uh, of course, again, after the last show, so now that's why I'm reading it. Yet another good podcast. How bloody bleeping wrong with I on, was I on that prediction last time on about this week? And I was wrong too, brother. Uh, Mad Martin is out of Northern Scotland. He said, I had forgotten that long pass to Diggs. Think my football brain switched off in the third quarter. Yep, that was a good play. And, of course, there was an attempted one in the Bears game that didn't get completed. That sucked. Um, Dave saying, I have no idea what happened. Went to bed after the purple lost, I guess. I better catch up on results today. Interesting, were people 
where people listen to the podcast, I'm changing the oil in the lawnmower and doing winter maintenance. There you go. See, see, working on something in the garage, working on something in the kitchen, working on the working in the yard, whatever. See, there it is. Uh, when when I do dishes, I listen to podcasts. You know, it makes it. I actually enjoy doing dishes because of that. When I vacuum the floor, podcasts. When I uh, do just about anything, <laughs> listen to podcasts a lot. Um, very cool. Yeah. See, there you go. That's how you can listen to Pro Mafia without uh, hopefully getting too bored that way. Uh, yeah, see, that way you won't get bored doing whatever you're doing or whatever, you know. I, I try to be entertaining at some point. Hopefully I'm not boring you too much. D. Fry, Antonio, no, D. Fry and Antonio Fett. D. Fry from Chicago. I love you guys. Uh, Antonio Fett out of the, the Pennsylvania there. He's uh, Mark Carlson's cool son there. All three of them have been veterans in the, the, the grandfather, Mark Carlson, and then, and then, and then Antonio Fett. All... All Army veterans and war veterans. Very crazy. Uh, Anthony saying, least Green Bay lost. What do you think the score will be? I'm thinking 17-13 Minnesota. And I wish it was, brother. I really do. Uh, he says, it's been great to see, it's great to see you again. Hey, Chicago Bears. Yep. <laughs> wow, I was doing the finger there, but yeah. Well, Chicago Cubs, very great to see them again, right? They're on the verge of a World Series. I can't believe it. Uh, Mad Martin joining in saying, decided not to stay up. Oh, what happened? Oh, what happened? I hate when I bump stuff. There it is. Decided not to stay up and watch the game. Watching the first, now looking like a good call. Oh, is pitiful. So far, painful watching. So I've watched the first half. That online just sucks. Three-hour wait till I can watch the second half. Not sure I want to. And yeah, probably not. Uh, I wish. I wish we could enjoy it. But uh, it hasn't been fun at all. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Where was I? Uh, Man Martin saying, Dave Martin saying, just watch the third quarter. Horrible. Can't run the ball. Can't pass. Protect. Just plain depressing. So, uh, so a loss to the Bears. Yeah, I mean, um, Man Asiata is not a very good running back. If you hadn't noticed, yeah, I mean, he really is not that good, and I'm kind of tired of him now. Uh, Dave continuing saying, not followed the not followed the news today. Have they signed what's his face from Cleveland? Because Bradford needs a production out there, and no, they have not. That's Joe Thomas. Uh, six facts on Bradford, and I've all and I've only just started the fourth. I'm feeling pissed. So happy I did not lose sleep for this garbage. And yep, I'm sure you are. A loss of the crapping one and six Bears team. Disappointed is an understatement. Names come back to me. We need Joe Thomas. Yep, now futures. Not another 10 years of waiting. A second is well worth it. I understand that. Um, it could still happen, but I kind of doubt it. Sounds like the Giants are leading and trading for him because the Cleveland Browns are 0-8. They're just awful. I says, I guess if 2016 is not the year, you cut AP and use the money to buy an O-line because they need five new starters for the most part, yes. Uh, if there's a hole in our D, it's stopping the run. Hard to watch now. It's the worst O-line in Vikings history. After watching this, is it time to panic? I, in some ways, yes. I, 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 you know, and I better click like on these. In some ways, yes, it kind of is. But I'm thinking the Vikings do recover and beat the uh, Lions, and at least they get to six and two, and we'll see what happens. Mad Martin wraps up the Twitter saying, "This O line is dismantled. Any momentum we had, sadly, we are not going to win a championship with this. Oh, no, we're not, uh, Dave. No, 
I, I agree. Um, like I was saying, I think they only get to the second round maybe at best this year unless something dramatically changes. There's It's it's, it's one of those, man. It's one of those, <laughs> like last week's title. And um, the whole something's never changed the way it is. The way it is. That's the title of this episode. It's just the same old frustration. So now we get to the Facebook page to wrap up the episode. It'll be a little while, though, obviously. Um, gosh, where are we? Okay, we'll continue where we left off. There's usually at least one comment in there. Gerald String out of Nebraska saying, oh, this is like the biggest post ever, but it's okay. It's okay. That's part of the part of the job here. <laughs> Gerald says, hey, Joey, spot on. I offered, I opted for NFL replay over cable, so don't get a chance to watch games live. So I'm a little slow on input, LOL, with replay. I only waste 20 minutes of my life. I won't get back the versus three hours yet, plus the emotion has worn off, so this allows me to just evaluate the game, and yep, I hear you, man. Mm. <sighs> From 30,000 feet, I would disagree with folks. Yep, that must be must mean he's in the air there, flying. Um, I would disagree with folks talking about our defense played poorly today, and no, they didn't play poorly. I agree. This is the Philadelphia game. Um, the Bears game, it was worse. Uh, he says, my take is defense still looks top-notch to me. Again, they only gave up 14 points. Yeah. Uh, they got us in the red zone three times, and Norv and company could not pull off one point. Huge, 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 Gerald, huge. Uh, sorry, but I put this game squarely on Norv's shoulders. He would have got the Ponder Award in my book. We are, and yeah, last night he was awful too, I thought. Uh, we are going to get Bradford killed if someone doesn't pull their head out of their ass here pretty quick. Honestly, need to get going on much quicker release. We have the worst, we have to have the worst O-line in the league and are doing a marvelous job living up to that and have no faith that we'll be changing anytime soon. Come on, Norv. Sometimes you have to work with who you have versus how you want things to go, i.e. start using quicker release underneath patterns, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm not happy with Norv Turner at all, either. I'm not happy with him, and I know Sebastian isn't either. Uh, He says, five seconds of protection won't cut it for your West Coast offense and our poorest O-line. If offense can get their crap together, we will start winning games again. The special teams was a fluke, so Blair is a tackler. What a puss. Put your head together. Put your damn head down. Yep, exactly. And make the tackle for Pete's sakes. Need a new award. Sissy award. Blair Walsh. There you go. If that was playoffs and I'm Zimmer, I would tell you to pack up your crap and go home. Don't come back. Nice fake fall down play. Okay, I'm done. I'm with Joey. This did not resemble a high-class championship-caliber team such as the Patriots. Sorry, but that was pathetic, and I agree. Um, the past two weeks have been a confidence shatter for, for me, um, kind of like the Green Bay and the Seattle games last year. Very similar, and and it, it just pisses me off. It's the, the whole something's never changed. It's the way it is. I, I, I'm getting sick of it, frankly, and I'm sure the rest of you are as well. Um, that's a serious star candidate, my friend. There's an article out there on CBS Sports where some there's some serious concern about Teddy Bridgewater. I posted it on there. And at the end of the day, it's doctors that had nothing to do with Teddy's thing. They're just saying it's an injury that could mean he may never be able to come back. But I'd rather hear from the doctors that uh, performed the surgery. You know, that would help. Uh, Tony Brown out of New Zealand saying Teddy's a fighter. He'll do everything he can to come back. Uh, it's still so scary. <laughs> Such a terrible injury could happen without contact, though. Yeah, it was literally just bloop. I mean, unbelievable. 
Uh, Gerald Spring, sad. What a class act. My prayers go out to him. Just want to see him heal up and get another shot. I'm not buying. Anyone knows whether or not he can make it back or not. Damn it, I can't get the... There we go. Most of the, those idiots just assume the worst. Teddy's a fighter, and I expect to see him at some point make a full recovery and be a solid player again, hopefully for us or another AFC team if Bradford lives through the season. And yes, you'd want him to see on the, on the other conference. Um, I hope he comes back to Minnesota, and uh, I think he will, yes. I do think he will play again. I do. I, I, I can't imagine Teddy Bridgewater just totally being a, falling apart. I, I can't see him I can't see him being like a Derrick Rose either with the Chicago Bulls, just not even close to the same guy. Can't see that happening. Um, I was posting about, if I hear one more thing about the stuffed animal talk, I'm going to turn my radio off forever. I wish I could take over this town. Mark Carlson says, here, here, support, support. Yep, I wish I could sometimes because I think local radio is insultingly bad sometimes. And you know what? There's some podcasts out there that piss me off too. Seriously, there really are. Um, I'm not even talking about the Vikings one, though. They kind of annoy me a little bit, too. So some of them, just some of the stuff they might say or whatever. They think they're the best one. No. I I, I, I don't know. I, I would slow your roll on that one. And it's not even if I'm the best. How about just stop tooting your horn like that? That's kind of annoying. I was saying, oh, Patterson is, Patterson is active. Cheryl's is out. Sebastian Barton saying, have you seen a link to see who's active for the Bears? Uh, scary says Mark I, and I wish I did post something up there Sebastian I, I need to get better about that it's just I get busy and I don't really you know that type of thing uh, Mark saying I saw that I saw that scary stuff Sebastian saying thank God we have Hillman and I kind of liked him and there you go I kind of liked Hillman in the little bit of time the in game threat I might check at the end like I normally do Let's see Start with, uh, I'm going to start with Mark Carlson. Nope. Gerald's right. Cleveland wishing they could play us now. Mark Carlson saying irritated, double irritated. Justin Mayor Henry out of Colorado saying, and Mark Carlson's from Iowa. Uh, Justin Mayor Henry saying, I know we have a lot of injuries, but holy shit, this is bad. Looks like we should be the one in six team. It was bad. Uh, Mark was saying, D can't hold the line when you... No, they will be running number three and out. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, no three and out. Uh, Mark Carlson says one and six is who the team looks like now. Skull, Justin, Mayor Henry. Yep, I agree. I agree, Mark and Justin, on that. I don't know where the heck the likes were on my part. That's my fault. Yankee saying, you know your own line sucks ass when the opposition rush four guys and they still get a sack. Yeah, it's it's a joke. Yep, um, good, good comment there, Yankee. Uh... Justin saying, Vikings ruined my birthday on the 23rd, killed my Halloween, and hopefully don't ruin my Thanksgiving, and I better not. Uh, Justin wrapping up his part saying, ha, I mean, Justin and Gerald saying, ha, my TV is sick of this shit as well, just went into power-saving mode and shut off. Must have realized there was nothing on. Yep, I agree. Gerald said, check that. Uh, Howard over, Howard dude over 200 totally hours from scrimmage. How did this come to... How did it come to this? Pretty interesting from here where we go. Are we really that bad? And yesterday we were, yes. Hopefully we're not long-term. I was saying post-game thoughts, yuck. I wrote that. I made sure to include the yuck because that's how I feel. Justin said, hallelujah, holy bleep, where's the Tylenol? Brett McCarthy simply saying no words. Gerald saying, seriously, thought this team was really special. Don't know what happened. Haven't seen a team give up like that in a long time. 
Now the defense is giving up. I guess the word that comes to my mind is implode. Bradford is starting to flinch. Whenever anyone gets close. Exactly. Yep, that's true. This might sound preposterous, but looked exactly like Ponder. Uh-huh. Wow. Sound just like me there, my friend. Yes, he did, because he's running around. Very skittish. Good code call. Yep, you're definitely a star candidate. Uh, he says, some passes not anywhere even close to catching a radius of receivers. And nope, exactly. He was getting so much pressure, he couldn't even settle down and make a play where there was a brief moment when he wasn't getting smashed. Seeing he had his right hand wrapped up on the sideline towards the end of the game. Oh, goody. Yep. Oh, boy. Maybe that's the same hand he hurt, though. That could be. Yep. Uh, Brett McCarthy, this is a gem. Maybe Norv needs to go. It's that simple. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of agree. I think Norv Turner, talk about underachieving. You know, when you you get all excited about this, this big-name coordinator and you're not seeing nothing. And, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, Gerald String says, boy, he sure ain't helping, that's for sure. Uh, it, it looked good for a little while with him and Diggs, but uh, Bradford and Diggs, I don't know. Uh, Brett McCarthy saying injuries are bad right now, I know. But when you can't run the ball, uh, yep, can't run the ball because the line gets no push. And from Josh Mayer, Henry, I, yep, that's true. The offensive line is not helping at all, at all. Um, okay, so mostly posts from Ollie. Yep, when you go to the visitor post, and that's perfectly fine. So we can wrap this up. Uh, behind enemy lines, Eagles versus Vikings. That was actually a week before. Yep, he was posting the, the beat beat from uh, that one. And yep, Ollie does great work at Pro Football Spot. I'll simply say that. And flashback Friday, the Vikings beat the Broncos on Halloween in 1999. I barely remember that. Oh, man, that's that, that what was his name? Henry, uh, not Henry Thomas, what the hell, Orlando Thomas had a, like a pick six or something in that game, or so it appears back when the Broncos were not very good in 99 after going back to back. <laughs> Great work by Ali Sidikai over there for Pro Football Spot. Got to do two shutouts here. We'll start off with, uh, I'm in Vikings Haven. Trevor Wickerin, so kind, a very great guy, uh, lets me post Purple Mafia on the Facebook page there. I encourage you to go over there and like that page and join it and conversate on there. And I know a lot of you have. I know a good number you have, and that's good. Uh, Flips Army as well for the Timberwolves. A lot of people from, that I know have joined that page. Um, so we're helping each other out. Hopefully people on his page notice this show and Timberwolves Explosion. And, of course, a lot of my followers have been following that page as well. So we're helping each other out, and that's how things can develop sometimes as you work together. And Trevor, kind enough to do that, and thank you very much for that. Uh, the Purple Press Box with Sebastian Balls, our good buddy, Sebastian Balls, Sebastian Barton out there, uh, does a nice little show on Spreaker. Spreaker. It's like a streaming audio application on smart devices. Of, of uh, You can put it on either one of your Android or Apple, and even Windows, I'm sure, as well, has Spreaker um, and that's how you, that's how you can keep up with Sebastian on the go. Very cool. Does a very good show. And he's always been a close friend of mine, of course, at least for many years now, since at least 2010, 29, man, it's been a while. I've known him for years. Shame on me for <laughs> not seeing him more. So, um, man, 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 God bless you, Sebastian. And, uh, keep it up, buddy. Keep it up. Gotta like what he does. And, uh, Yep, we're, we also help each other out. He shouts out to this show on there because some of his, you know, probably a good number of his listeners actually have never heard of this show. So it's like a combination of things. See, we just know different people, that type of thing. So thanks again, everybody, for listening. Want to appreciate your loyalty to this show. Hopefully the Vikings get their butts in gear and start playing better. 
I hope all of you had a good, healthy, safe uh, Halloween on Monday night, other than the Vikings spoiling it and crapping all over it. I'm not a big Halloween person in terms of, like, I don't do the dress up. I'm not a bar person at all. And the dressing up and bar thing does nothing for me. In fact, I just look the other way when I see it. I'm just not interested. So that's just who I am. Call, call, call me a dork. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm more of a Kobe Bryant type of personality. Like, I'm just, you know... I, I don't know. I, I'm just... It's not like I'm Mr. Serious all the time, but at the same time, I, that, that lifestyle does nothing for me. Nothing. So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more focused on other things, I guess. Um, and I don't know. I'm kind of introverted, too. <laughs> That's probably why I'm here behind the mic rather than in front of a camera, right? <laughs> ah, but aren't we all? A lot of a lot of people are introverted. We, we, you know, especially when you work around people all day. The last thing you want to be is around people some more. You just want a little break, right? You just want a break, don't you? Don't you want a break from that sometimes? Um, enjoying the warmer weather. Now we need the drier weather. Hopefully the drier part comes in. It makes the, the partial cleanups. So me and my brother are changing the strategy a little bit this year. Kind of doing partial cleanups when the leaves aren't down all the way. Just vacuum a little bit of that stuff up and boom, then you're done. Good stuff, huh? <laughs> Good and easy. And um, then it's easier when we do the real full-on cleanup. And then there's a lot less stuff there to do. Simple, right? There you go. The simple things. Simple, as Asheril Reeve would say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to remember that either. Um, hopefully the Cubs pull it off, but I, I got to tell you, when it comes, when you talk about the Cubs and Cleveland Indians, man, either team that loses tomorrow night, uh, tonight, tomorrow night, whenever you're listening, well, obviously tonight, probably now, um, very sad. I, I, I My heart goes out to your fan base, Chicago or Cleveland, whoever loses that game. My heart goes out to you because, man, I mean, it's that feeling of we finally were here and are we ever going to win? Are we ever going to win? And whoever loses this World Series, I hope they come back next year and win it. I, I really do. I really hope whoever loses this year comes back and wins it, unless it's the Twins, of course, that are ready to go, but they won't be. Um, I'm very happy the Twins did get uh, that their new baseball boss is coming out of Cleveland. That's a good thing. So you either got a team that won the World Series or at least pushed it to the brink of a championship at the bare minimum and have, you know, I mean, it's, it's a great organization. They've done a great job building that team together. Um, Chicago's better. I think they're better. And Theo Epstein is as good as there ever is. But Theo Epstein was the, was the genesis of the young guy taking over the franchise. And look what he did. But then again, you could even say Andy McPhail did that. And what happened with the Twins? They won the World Series. Uh, of course, McPhail wasn't necessarily the guy that drafted Kirby or anything. But he did a good job. He put together that 91 team. More, and that was a great baseball team, man. Um, great baseball team. And he kept the guys that we should have kept together into 91, except for Frank Viola. Damn it. <laughs> but hopefully the Twins' future will be great, uh, great under Valvey. Um, that type of thing. Hope you guys have a wonderful week, really, you know, genuinely. And I hope the Vikings get their butts in gear. They really need to cut this out. They need to just, you know, get back to get back home, start playing the kind of football you know you're capable of. This is supposed to be a good team. I mean, they were 11-5 and last year. They won the division last year, man. Um, protect that home field. Be undefeated at home. That would be great. Let's at least get to twelve and four, if not eleven, thirteen and three. Still, if that's still possible, I would be very disappointed with an eleven and five record, with the way this team started and how talented they looked. But who knows if things continue to snowball? 
the way they have the past two weeks. We'll be lucky to be 11-5, and five, but um, I don't know. In good faith, I'm believing this team will get things back, ready and rocking and rolling again, and at least playing noon games, I suppose. But then again, so is the Philadelphia game with a noon game, too. Oh, goody. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, it is what it is. Everybody have a nice, safe, healthy week. Clean those leaves up and keep listening to Pearl Mafia. Check out Timberwolves Explosion, Brave the Wild. I've been keeping up with those as well. Fresh new shows out there for you to listen to. Check them out. Listen to them while you're raking those leaves. Um, That type of deal. Cleaning those dishes, changing the oil on this and that. Uh, Your snowblower, your mower, your whatever it is, your weed whacker. (laughs) Whatever you're doing out there. Cutting trees down in the backyard, whatever. Just listen to the podcast at the same time. Put the earphones under your shirt, though. That way you won't cut the earphones off like I did many years ago. I cut the earphones when I was clip-cutting the hedge one time. This was many, many years ago, though, uh, back when I was actually just listening to regular radio. So <laughs> put the cord under your shirt. That way it won't get cut. So <laughs> some of you don't may- maybe don't think about that, and a lot of you maybe do. All right. Take care. Be safe. I'm dragging this a little bit. Um, thanks again, though. I know some of you love my little final miniature segment at the end and i enjoy it too and thank you guys for uh making me making this all worth it uh number has been down the past few weeks it it is what it is i mean whatever you know i don't know if people are listening to other shows or they just get pissed off or what the hell the problem is but um thank you for making this worth it because i would have quit doing this about four years ago because (laughs) you know just because i probably would have um, sometimes maybe it's easier to just watch the game and not analyze it like so closely, but you know, at the same time, I love doing this and at this end, but it's even better knowing that people care that this show does get released and you enjoy listening. So thank you again. God bless. And we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you next week. That is.